0: everybody. It's almost that time, and Let's stand together. We're going to sing a couple of worship Christmas hymnals this morning. Hark the herald angels sing. Let's take this together. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace. hail the son of righteousness light and life to all these born King. Amen. Let's give him praise this morning. Lord, we lift you. We magnify you. We glorify your name, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing this together also. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh,
1: This morning. We got a lot of people missing today. We had a party at the house last night, but we didn't serve anything that should have kept them hung over. Praise the Lord. <sighs> or at least not that I knew of. So good to see everybody this morning. I want to make a couple announcements. First off, membership joining the first of the year will be announcing after Christmas. If you're interested in joining the church or transferring membership, just let myself or Miss Sandra on the keyboard here. Uh, who is our uh, administrative assistant in the office during the week, let one of us know so that we can make sure that we uh, get you ready for that. We'll let you know on the dates that we'll be meeting and talking about that. Also for Wednesday night, I've got a special request, really need some help. We've got a big service coming up next Sunday. Next Sunday, there'll be no Sunday school. There's going to be a children's program. It's going to be in the gym. So we'll be going to church in the gym. I'm going to have it nice set up. Uh, like we did a couple years ago, had a really good crowd. Close to 300 people show up for that event, so we're looking for that to be a big Sunday. So we're going to need your help Wednesday night. Um, If the ladies would help bag the fruit, we're going to be giving out fruit bags uh, again this year. Don't want to mess with those fruit bags. People love their fruit bags. Amen. We talk about it every year in the council meeting, and finally we've gotten where it's just kind of an informative um, talk, talk subject that we talk about is like, hey, we're doing fruit baskets. Everybody's like, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> we want y'all to have them fruit baskets, I'll tell you right now. This year we've even got a pair that's going to be in them. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, forget about that. The men are going to be setting up the chairs. So if you can help us on that, we're going to be setting up the chairs. And also going to have to be moving some of these chairs over there. It's a job, but if we work together, we can get it done pretty quickly. And so if you'd help us with that, I'd appreciate it. Wednesday night we'll have our regular service, but I'm gonna cut it just a little short, gonna do a shorter devotion so that we can get the work prepared for our Sunday service that'll help me and Brian out a lot, because we'd hate to have to carry that many chairs during the week. I don't even know if Brian, at Brian's age if we can make it happen, but and also want to pray for some other needs that we have. Continue prayers for, for George Latour, he's here today, and Bonnie. Today's actually Bonnie's birthday. She's not able to be with us. She had some chemo treatments this week. And I saw her Fate said she needed really a special prayer today. So let's remember Bonnie and their family as well. Also um, important to announce that both Sexton's father passed away. I spoke with him this week. And um, his father was ready to go and, and, and had told him he was ready to go. And so that's always a comfort. Uh, his name was Richard Terry Sexton. He passed away just this past week. They'll be receiving... Friends, tomorrow evening at Liberty Mortuary, and that will be from 6 to 8 p.m., and then the um, going-home service or funeral will be Tuesday at 1. And um, is is that funeral going to be at the same place? I don't think so. I think it's going to be at his church. Open Praise in Easley, South Carolina. All right, Open Praise in Easley, South Carolina, Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And so open praise. I do, I, I remember him saying that. So if you want to be a part of that, those are the dates for that. I can also send out a reminder on that. We're going to be doing something for their family tomorrow as far as serving them a meal, uh, whatever is convenient for them. So let's all stand. We're going to ask God to bless our service today. Ask him to do something special in this place. Thank you for your giving. continued support throughout this season. I know it's a time of, of Christmas and people have got other expenses and they're buying gifts and all that. But thank you that like those wise men they brought their gifts to Jesus and so thank you for your continued support towards God's kingdom. Lord we thank you for this day thank you for this service we are praying today that you would bless that your Holy Spirit would fill this house from the singing to the preaching of your word that we would leave this place feeling refreshed by your spirit we pray for those in our church today that are suffering for those that are struggling with with uh, radiation and chemotherapy treatments and uh, this dreaded cancer, we're praying in Jesus' name for healing and comfort for them today in Jesus' name. And we're praying for the Sexton family today as both father passed away this week. And we're praying that you would just be with them, especially during this time and this Christmas season. We know it's difficult, but we know that your hand is there and you can give them the strength that they need to make it through their journey. Father, let everything done or said be done for the glory of God. Amen and amen. You may be seated if you'd like To bless the Lord today,
0: stop it, stop, stop.
1: That was wrong. All right.
0: good, for He is good. He was born to conquer the grave. Lie of the world, the reason for Christmas Day. good. He was born for 3 He was born in conquer the grave, light of the world, the reason for Christmas Day. Light of the world, the reason for Christmas Day. Amen, let's give Him praise. Give the Lord praise, you lift you, Lord, hallelujah,
1: amen, amen, amen. Wow, thank you guys, I enjoyed that. Give them a hand clap, that was a good song, thank y'all. If you have your Bibles in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 23, this is what I'll call my semi-Christmas sermon. I'm not too big on going back just to the manger and all this, I want to go a little deeper than that. But I am going back to the words of when we see the advent of Christ, the the, uh, first coming of Christ uh, as a babe in Matthew chapter 1. Let's go to verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. I love the way it's in big letters there, big caps, putting the stress on this powerful name above every name. His name is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let me tell you something. There's no hope for the world. There's no hope for us except for in the name of Jesus. He is the only salvation for the world. Is everybody still with me? It doesn't matter. Politicians can't save me. Culture can't save me. A preacher can't save me. Jesus is his name. And he is the one that has come to save the world. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord. And this is many, many years ago, even several thousand years before the birth of Christ. Through the prophets saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And that's what I want to preach on today. God with us. I was um, thinking of Psalm. I was reading yesterday in Psalm 48. I think it was verse 14, where David said it this way. He said, "This is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death." That means he's going to lead us all the way. I was thinking about a tour guide. You know, I did a tour guide a while back, and um, and and it was a fishing tour guide. And and normally tours. Gods get you where you need to be. Well, it was just an unfortunate day or either I was bad luck. But that day, I didn't catch a single fish. There was like one fish, and that was the guy that was paying for the trip that caught the fish. I mean, if you're the tour guide, if somebody's going to catch a fish, it better be the guy that's paying you. It was just a bad day overall. Normally, they catch 30, 40 fish. It was just a very, very bad day. But I thought about a tour guide. The job of the tour guide is to take you through a tour, right? So it doesn't matter if it's a historical um, a monument or, or, or museum or whatever. You're going through and you're walking through it. and There's this tour guide telling you, oh, this over here is that. and This over here, you take a, bush, bush, a, a bus tour of a town and you're driving through. And he's like, all right, on this side you see this or you see that. A tour guide's main purpose is just to take you through the tour. But after the tour, what does the tour guide do? He leaves you. It's not his job to take you out to lunch. It's not his job to take you to your local hotel. It is his job just to guide you through the tour. But I love what David said. He said, when I think about Jesus and I think about God, let me tell you what he does. He's my tour guide. But he doesn't leave me. He doesn't forsake me. He's going to be my tour even till the day that I die. Somebody ought to thank God for that today. Great is the mystery of godliness. When I think about his godliness, his holiness, who he is, what makes him God. When I begin to think about that, I've got to admit to you that it's a mystery to me. Because I can't seem to comprehend how great he is. I can't seem to comprehend with my finite human mind how great this God that I serve really is. I mean, I know what He's done. I know what the Bible says. I know how powerful He is. But when it comes to really just putting it in the words... Words just fail me. I can't even seem to put in the words how great this God is. And he, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There's nothing that He cannot do. And I've tried to understand that. I've tried to, to do it. But as David said, it is too wonderful for me to comprehend. I cannot even begin to imagine how great this God is. Great is the mystery of who He is. But even greater is the mystery that this God would come down to where I live. How many of you will be willing to go to work tomorrow, walk into the boss man's office and demand an emotion? Anybody? I mean, you're going to walk in and say, I want less money. Alright, you want, you want less responsibility? No, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I just want less money. That I mean, I want a demotion. If anything, if you finally build up the gall to do it, you're gonna go in there and say, Hey, it's time for my promotion, take me up, don't bring me down. Nobody wants a demotion, and if they want a demotion, then something's wrong with them. You just don't go in there and say, Give me less money for the job I'm doing. Jesus Christ took a demotion when He came down the earth. It wasn't a promotion for him. It was nothing to benefit him. When Jesus came to this earth to be with us, the only person that benefited was us. There was no benefit in it for him. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came, the Bible said that he lived among men, which was a lower order of creation. For David has already told us that he made us. A little lower than the angels. But yet he chose to come and dwell with us. Wow. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for being willing to leave. All of heaven's glory and splendor. And come down to earth to be with us. So God has made known to us. That he is living among us. Even today. The whole of creation declares His wonder-working glory and power. A matter of fact, I'll say it this way. That when you walk outside today and you look at creation, when you see the tree, that's God. When you see the grass, that's God. When you feel the wind blowing in your face, that's God. When you hear a bird sing, that's God. This God of God. When you go to the lake and you get on the boat and you're riding down the lake. I and mean, Oh, this is so nice. I love it. That's God. When you go to the ocean and you put your chair just where the water won't touch you. And you understand that God's got a line and it ain't coming any further than God says it can come. So that's God. In creation, you see this God with us. There is so much evidence in His creation that every man believes in some God. Little g even. Watch. They may not recognize that God, the King of kings, Lord of lords, this creator of the universe as we see Him, that God did it all. They may not recognize that. They may not testify to that. They may not admit that. But because of what He did in creation, everybody believes in some. So, so... so Egypt's like, all right, we see the sun. Man, this didn't just happen. Hmm. Praise the sun, God. There goes the moon. So they made a moon, God. The cow, we sure do love the milk that comes from the cow. And we love those ribeye steaks. We're going to make the cow, God. Even though they're not recognizing the true creator, they're recognizing there's a God at work. Something's happening. You know, one of the dumbest theories that I ever heard, and I don't know how to say it any more blunt, the dumbest theory I ever heard was the Big Bang Theory. And what that ideology was, was that there's an atom and there's a nucleus and all of a sudden it explodes. And when it explodes, bam, here it is. The Big Bang. Bang! And all of a sudden we got trees, we got grass. Well, that's dumb. And if you believe that, all right, I'm just going to tell you something. You need Jesus to help you today. I'm telling you, if you want to blow up something, we can go out there and put a car bomb on something just for a test if anybody wants to donate their car for my sermon today. And we will let it blow up. And I promise you, a motorcycle is not going to jump out of it. A four-wheeler going to jump out of it. All we're going to have is a busted up, broken up car. And we're going to be calling the insurance and the fire department because there's a fire outside. Because things that blow up don't just come together. There is a God at work in the universe. My Lord. And even though people may not recognize it's Him, it's because of His hand that they believe in some God or another. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20. I got to show you this. This is a powerful verse right here. He says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything what God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have what? No excuse. For not knowing God He's saying I have come among you I have created everything around you So you can come up with all the Excuses you want but the way That God intended for this thing to Go down is when you doubt Him you're going to open up your door In the morning and it's going to slap you In the face even though I may not Feel like it even though I may wonder Where he is everything screams To me God is with you God is everywhere God Is in all things because he's the one that created it all. There's no excuse. So if you don't know him, it is because you have chose not to know him. If you can't see him, it is because you have blinded, put blinders on and you have chosen not to see him because God is here. When the, transma- the transformation in a, Christian, in a sinner's heart happens, transformation happens, change comes, a person gets saved, spiritual insight comes of that person, there's an enlightened man that now all of a sudden we can clearly see this invisible God. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why the world can't see him. For the Bible said that this world has been blinded by Satan. Every time they try to see God, Satan's blinding them with some kind of ideology that's of this world. Some kind of culture that comes from this world. But God says, once a change, my God has come into your life. Once my blood has covered all your sins. All of a sudden, even though he's an invisible God and we may not see his face. He says we can see his person through his creation. All of a sudden, the invisible God is visible to those that have been changed by His power. Oh my God. So once we have experienced this born again relationship it's only then can we begin to even try to fathom this true God and worship Him. In short, the world doesn't get it but we do. We get it because we feel it. They don't get Him, alright? But we get Him because we feel Him. And we understand Emmanuel in a way that the world never will. We understand that God is with us. I am going to give you a few points. I'm going to do six of them and I'm going fast. You ready? Number one, God is with us in His promises. Now I've had a few lying people. There was one girl I went to school with. that She was a habitual liar. She lied so much that she believed her own lies. I've never seen somebody that could lie about eating pizza when they had steak and keep a straight face. I mean, it's things that you lie about. You know, why are you even lying? But a promise keeper is someone that when they say it to you, you know they're going to do it. If I tell Scott right now, and I'm not saying this, Scott. After church, I'm going to give you a $20 bill. Again, I said I didn't say that, all right? This isn't real. I'm just giving an example. But if I tell this guy over here, I'm giving you $20 after church. If he believes I'm a man of God, then just say he's a promise keeper. He made a promise. And I know after church you can come to me and say, where's my 20? I'm not hearing it. If I make a promise, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to keep that promise. But there's even times, even the, our best intentions, that we make promises that we can't keep. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. And sometimes it's beyond our, our we can't stop. It's that car accident. We said we'd never let it happen, but it does. There's nothing we can do about that. We are finite. We are humanity. We can only go so far. We can only do so much. So even our promises that we try to make the people and the good intentions that we have, we cannot always keep them. But God reminds us, I am with you in my promises. It's Joshua chapter 1. He's over here in a corner. He's getting discouraged. The man of God, the greatest leader they've ever had. After he died, they literally built a shrine to Moses. This is the man. This is their pastor. This is their leader. And all of a sudden, God says to a little guy named Joshua, you are about to be the next prophet you are about to be the next leader you are the next pastor to which he says God there's no way that I can come behind Moses I mean this guy's been leading for 40 years who's gonna listen to anything I say I mean he's the man I mean they're not they're gonna say that's not the way Moses did it and that's not what Moses would have said and if Moses were here and God said wait a minute Joshua I need to To give you a promise today. And I'm going to keep it till the day you die. He said as I was with Moses. So I'm going to be with you. Now get up from the ground mourning and crying. And you get out there. And do the will of God. And lead my people like I've called you to do. Because I've made a promise to you. I'm with you. Watch this. I am with you always. This is God's promise to us even to the end of the world he's our tour guide even to death i'm with you always but it's not according to sight because sometimes we can't see it right we can't always see god let's be honest And we can't we can't always see god in our situation We can't always see God working it out for our children. We can't always see God working it out in the marriage. We can't always see God working out church issues. We just can't always see it. It's like Job said. He said, I've been looking to my left. I can't find you. I've looked to my right. I cannot find you. I've been looking up. I've been looking down. I'm looking forward. I'm looking behind. I have looked everywhere for you. And I do not see you. But you know the path that I take. And when this thing is over, I'm going to come out like purest gold. What he's saying is, I know that you're with me, Lord, but I cannot see you. But it does not mean that you are not there in the roll call of faith. He said it's not made of things which are visible. Sometimes it's the invisible. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I need somebody to listen to me. There's a story in the Bible of a guy by the name of Downton Thomas. This is John chapter 20. Jesus Christ has been born. He's lived his life. He's died on the cross. He has resurrected and appeared to them. He comes to a guy by the name of Thomas who we have a.k.a. named Doubting Thomas. Because he said, I will not believe until I see. If God is really with me, then he's going to have to show me. If God is really here, like you say he is. Then I'll even go a step further. I'm going to take my hand. I'm going to put it into his side. I want to put it into his finger. I want to know that it's my wounded Lord. I want to not only see him. I want to feel him. And then I'll believe. And God said to him that day these words. He said listen Thomas. Because after he saw him. After he touched him. He stepped back and said my Lord. And my God. God. He recognized He is truly with us. This is my King. This is my Lord. But see, there's one thing that God told them. He said to him that day, he said, Thomas, yes, you're blessed now that you have seen me. You're blessed now that your doubting has become faith and belief. He said, but blessed are those that even when they cannot see me, even when they cannot see me working, and they cannot see me changing, it, blessed are Are the people that still believe that I'm in control? My God Almighty. I feel like preaching. Is anybody in the house today? Is there anybody that feels that way right now? That even though you cannot see him. You can still say God's promises. He is with me through his promise. God made a promise to me. And God's going to keep that promise. I know he will. There's also a story in the Bible. Uh, You can read it, it's Elisha And pretty much, I'll make a long story short But they're surrounded by the enemy I preached this a few months back They're surrounded by the enemy And all that the servant sees is the enemy And the chariots all around them And he says to the man of God Alas, man of God, look, we're going to die There's no escape, they've surrounded our city This is the end of it To which Elisha prayed a prayer Oh, God See, he can't see it. He can't see God. I mean, he doesn't even know if God's with him right now. Because he can't see him anywhere. All he sees is the enemy. To which God said to Elisha, God, he prays and he says, Lord, God, would you open his eyes. Now notice the word, his eyes. Elisha could already see it. Woo! Elisha already knew the outcome. This guy was kind of like a Downton Thomas. He just had to see it to believe it. Where Elisha's a man of God and a prophet of God that says, I don't even have to see anything. I know God somewhere around here. Because God made me a promise and God's not leaving me now. And he said, Lord, would you open his eyes that he may see. And all of a sudden, you know the story. We figure out that the enemy was surrounding them. But God was surrounding the enemy. For chariots of fire were all around. And when he saw them, he understood. Thank God. God did not fail. God was there. It's not according to circumstance. Abraham followed God's call not knowing where he was going in chapter 11 verse 8. It says he had trouble but God promised the inheritance was his. And he knew that God could not lie. Number two. So number one God is with us in his his promises. Number two God is with us in his purposes. Did y'all get that? His. It is not my purpose. It is not my plans. God is with me. In his purposes. Joseph. Look, look at Acts chapter 7 verse 9. Let me just read that to you really quick. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph. They sold him to be a slave in Egypt. Are you ready? <laughs> but God was with Emmanuel. God was with him. His brothers sell him. They leave him out there in a pit to die. I mean, they feel that this God—they don't even care at this point what happens to him until they figure out they can make a little money off of him. They're like, "Why do we leave him here and let him die? Let's pull him out. Let's sell him." He goes. He's accused of rape the Potiphar's wife. He goes to the prison. There's a butler. There's a baker. I mean, all of this is God's purpose. God is with him in the prison. God is with him everywhere. A matter of fact, the Bible says here that when he was sold into slavery, God was with him. When he went into the Potiphar's house, God was with him. because the Bible said that when Joseph got there, everything Potiphar had started prospering. Woo, It don't matter where you go. God is with you in His purposes, Joseph. You just be faithful. Until you know the story, he's second in command. He saves a whole nation, and other lands come in to eat because God was. Moses saw this invisible God in Hebrews 11, 24 through 27. The Bible said he chooses to live with God's people rather than the joy, the pleasures of sin for a season. Seeing him who is invisible. He could see what other people could not see. And even Moses had the trust that God was with him in his purposes. He ends up in a basket. He stands before a burning bush. He goes and stands before a brazen Pharaoh. But before it was over he ends up in a barren wilderness but thank god according to his purpose and god being with him he ended up in a blessed land a basket a burning bush a brazen pharaoh a barren wilderness to a blessed land god had a purpose and i need to tell somebody today god has a purpose for why you are where you are why you're going through what you're going through The secret is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Number three. God is with us in his power. It's the power of his word. It is to cleanse us. In Ephesians chapter 5, 26. The Bible said that his word will wash us. It will cleanse us. In 2 Timothy 1, 12. He says the word has the power to keep us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 12. That Paul, he is in Prison, all right? And he is down there. He's oftentimes in prison. But as he's writing, he said, The Lord, He is able to keep me until the end. In in Jude, verse 24 of chapter 1, that's all Jude is, is one chapter. So in verse 24, he said, He will keep me from falling. The power of His word. The power of his word is also to conquer. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is powerful. It is alive and powerful. How many of you know the word is alive? That is why it is so powerful. I'm going to say that again. I said the word is alive. That is why it is so powerful. Because the Bible said it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cut between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It brings the word of God. has the power to bring us under conviction. But it leads us to being a conqueror over the evil one. A conqueror over our addictions. A conqueror over sin. It is all through the power of His word. Also the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. Matthew 1 He said that Jesus was going to come down Just like we celebrate This time of year His name is going to be Emmanuel It is God with us He's going to bring a power Like none other He is going to bring a power that now everyone that has been bound in what we'll call a purgatory everybody that has been between heaven and hell and they're kind of dangling and they're just in a place that they don't know and there's this great gulf that's in between them and all of a sudden there's a father Abraham and he's holding Lazarus in his bosom. They're in this place but all of a sudden when Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ came, there was a change that happened. For when Jesus Christ died on that cross everybody that had been bound and dangling in between was released from their captivity released from their sins because of the precious blood oh my God almighty of Jesus Christ don't you tell me the word became flesh and the word dwelt among us as the only begotten son of God don't tell me that's not powerful God's witness in his power He's with us in the presence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. This is the promise that he gave his people. As he was leaving. He's getting ready to leave. He said, I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate or comforter. Who will what? Who will never leave you. The power of the Holy Ghost is with us. Woo! You can be discouraged if you want to. Be discouraged. i got the Holy Ghost. You can walk around defeated if you want to. That's why I've got the power of the Holy Ghost inside. What I'm telling you is there is nothing this world can do to bind what is inside of me. There is nothing the world can do to silence the voice that is coming from within me. Because where it's coming from is something greater than I. It is God with me through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I'm glad for the Holy Ghost. All right, all right. Hurry up, Pastor. I will. Number four, God is with us in His presence. Isn't it good to know today that God is filling this house right now? I mean, can y'all imagine that? God has come to be in this service today. That's why I can't understand why people are so frivolous when it comes to coming to church. I can't understand it. I can't. I can't understand how people do not think church is a priority. I can't get that. I can't. I mean, I mean, maybe it's my mama's fault. All right? She's dead and gone. I, I can't I can blame her in heaven, I guess, but I can't blame her on earth. It's her fault. She did it to me. It's her fault. She taught me church was priority. Shame on her, right? She taught me, you go to church, boy, when the doors are open, bless God. That's right. That was Monday night revival. That was Tuesday night revival. You go to church. I sure am tired and I got homework. It doesn't matter. You go into church. But my stomach's hurting. And Dad said I could stay home, take some Pepto Bismol, trust Jesus. We go into church. I mean, what? has happened that has caused us to lose a respect for God's house. What God because see this is what I understand. The thing that I see. This is not just a building that I gather in. This is not just a building that I come to say a few things to you folks and turn you loose and let you go. When I come to this building this is the house of the Lord. I'm not coming to see you. I may preach to you. I'm going to shake your hand today say it's good to see you but I am not coming to your main priority or prerogative to see you and to visit with you. I am coming to this house because of the God that is with us in this house. That is the reason I'm here today. Because if He's not here, all we've got is a group of people in a church uh, that are going through the motions. We need more than that. Emmanuel deserves more than that. God deserves more than that. He is with us. So how... Can we not hold it as a priority to be in his house? I'm not going to charge y'all for that. It wasn't even in my notes. He is with us in times of trial. Abraham's tested. He was willing to sacrifice his own son Isaac. But thank God that God's presence showed up in that moment and stopped him from putting the knife in his stomach. Because he was there and he said, no. I just wanted to make sure you were going to be faithful. In 1 Peter 4.12, he said, there's fiery trials that are going to come your way. And they're going to test you. The devil is going to throw some darts at you. In 1 Peter 4.12, he said it this way. He said, don't be surprised when the fiery darts come your way. As some strange thing is happening to you. That's what the devil does. That's what life does. But knowing that he is with me in times of trial is all I need. He is with me in times of tragedy. For in Hebrews chapter 11, the roll call of faith, verse 36 through 40. There were some of these people that lived the good life. Whenever Jesus was talking to his 12 disciples, you remember the story. And he told them that night, he made a prophecy. And he says to them, that all of you in this room, you're going to die. You're going to be martyred. You're going to be taken out just like they're taking me out. They're going to take you out except one. And that is the one that's laying on his breast. His name is John. We know him as John the Revelator God had something special for him to write to us And that was an end day apocalyptic book That he writes in Revelation 22 chapters And he writes it to us and gives it to us And that's our end times guide that we go by nowadays I'm telling somebody But God said that day He said you are going to die But in Hebrews 11 in the roll call of faith There are some of these guys that They just lived a good old age and they died But in verse 36 through 40 He begins to tell us that there's some tragedy. That hit the church Because some of them were thrown the lions And the lions ate them Some of them were torn asunder As they were tied between horses And one went that way And another went that way And they would split them in two There was others like Isaiah That were sown with the saw asunder He goes on through there And says these people They died But look at what he said I love it He said all of them died in the faith Woo Woo Every one of them that died, they died knowing that God was standing right beside them. He is with us in trial, in tragedy. He is with us in tribulation. For the Bible says, Isaiah 43, I want to read this to you, it's too good not to. But now, O Jacob, verse 1, let's go to it. Chapter 43 of Isaiah, there it is. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you oh israel the one who formed you says do not be afraid for i have ransomed you what's this i have called you by name don't tell me god doesn't know who you are he said you are mine Verse 2, when you go through deep waters, guess what? I will be with you, Emmanuel. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Why? I am with you. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. Look at this. The flames will not consume you. Polycarp got killed 81 years old or He's out there, or these 81 years I've served, Lord, he's an old man. But Polycarp, whenever they went to put him on that stake, and they said, you're going to recant that you even knew Christ, This and that and the other And I could tell you the whole story But for time's sake I don't have the time to do so Long story short They put him on this stake They said we're going to kill you How are you going to kill me? We're going to burn you in the fire Right? And so they set the fire But the fire History tells us From people that were there That wrote eyewitnesses And has been passed down to us From ages In the scrolls and manuscripts To where they wrote down on paper And said the fire Did not kill Polycarp Said the fire came around him but it would not consume him. Man, you talk about bringing it to life. The flames will not consume you, Polycarp. And then they took a stake, a spear. That's what killed him. Because they pierced it through his heart. And the Bible, or the, the story goes that the water and the blood gush out. And when it comes out, it extinguishes the fire around them. It was not the fire that killed him. It was the spear. At the end of the day, what I want you to know is this about Polycarp. They said the whole time that old man was there, he was praising. God and testifying he's never done me nothing but good there's one thing for sure when Polycarp died if they knew nothing else everybody knew that God had come on the scene and that God was standing right there as the fire was coming around them. It's like the three Hebrew boys when the king looked over and he said, My God, did we not throw three men in the fire? And he said, Yeah, we threw three. Well, there's a fourth man in there. And it looks like it is the son of all. What is it? It is Emmanuel. It is God with us in the middle. I wish somebody helped me preach today. It is God in the fire. Woo! Man, I feel like an old holiness preacher again. Bless God. I'm getting stirred up in my spirit. Number five. God is with us in the present. Right now. God is with you. For you that feel like he isn't wrong. He's with you. And he is with you right here. Right now. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care the reports that have been given to you. God is with you and He is with you in the present right here, right now. He is a helping hand. For the Bible said in Psalm 46, He's a very present help in our time of trouble. Even when we cannot see but one set of footprints, the story went. God said, that is when I'm carrying you. I'm helping you and I'm helping you now. He is a providing hand for Philippians four nineteen, The promise He made in the present. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Somebody said, but you understand, I don't have what I need right now. I've been praying about this thing, right? If God's with me now, then why ain't God gave it to me now? Well, I want to tell you something. My boy does, he's been doing school lately, and it's been about these, all these tenses. How many of you knew there was a past participle? Well, I really feel smart right now. Did I pronounce it wrong? Then I feel really dumb right now past participle. Excuse me, teacher. All right. Used to, all we ever knew was present, past, future. And what I do remember, and I hope I'm right, in future, it was will have, shall have. And what God says to us in the scripture, my God shall supply. So, what that means to the person in the present that doesn't feel like God is with them, what it means is even if he hasn't answered it yet, he shall supply. It means the answer is already on the way. Number three, protecting hand. The Bible says, For he that dwells under the shadow of the Almighty, God will protect him, he will cover him with his feathers, under his wings, Shalt thou trust. He's a protecting God from the enemy. He's a Psalm 91 God. That says he who dwells in this secret place. Is going to continually abide under his shadow. He's a Daniel 6.22 God. That says in the lion's den. My God has sent an angel. And has shut the lion's mouth. He's with you now. And I'm going to leave you with this one Sandra. Go play. Number six in closing. God is with us. In the future. He is with us in his home. For the Bible says in John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. For if you believe in God. Then believe also in me. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so. I would have told you. I'm going to prepare this place for you. If I go I will come again. And I will receive you to myself. That where I am. Where Emmanuel is. There you will be. Also. So even after this thing's said and done, I'm going to be at home with him. Emmanuel's still with me. God is still there. Not only this, but in his city, New Jerusalem. Revelation 21. For He said, I, John, saw the holy city coming down. New Jerusalem. And I heard a voice that said, the tabernacle of God is with men. God himself will be with them And he will be their God And he will wipe away all tears from their eyes There will be no more death No more sorrow No more crying No more pain For the former things have passed away And all things have become new For I am Alpha and Omega The beginning and the ending So I was there when creation was going on. I was there when it started. And I'm going to be there in the ending. Because it will never end. That's why God said, I'm beginning and I am ending. It don't matter where you go. He's always, for those that have trusted in Him, grab your mic. For those that have trusted in Him, He's always going to be God with us. Let's stand. I'm closed. I'm
0: finished.
1: Emmanuel. Sing this song with him. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah. Does anybody need him today? Emmanuel. God's with you. God's with you. Remember that. His name is Paul.
0: Emmanuel.
1: God with us Oh, He's
0: God, God with us, with us. Revealed Revealed in, in us. His name is called
1: Amen. Let's sing that one more time One more time before we close. Oh, He is Emmanuel. us in your promises you're with us in your purposes you are with us in your power you are with us in your presence you are with us in the present right now and you are God that will be with us in the future father wherever someone finds themselves today I pray today that they would take courage in the fact that they are not alone Even though they may feel it at times, even though they may not see God, may not feel God, based on circumstances around them, it feels hopeless. But I'm asking you to breathe this into their spirit right now in Jesus' name. Emmanuel is here. He's not only the one that was in that manger. God is still with us today, right now, in this very moment. Let them trust you. Let them continue to be faithful. For Father, one day we we will be rewarded. And we will have everything that you have. For your home will be our home. Help us, God, just to do your will, serve You. We want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. God bless you guys.